Good morning and welcome to this pre-recorded time of worship on Sunday morning of 27th of December. We are Calvary Evangelical Church. We are an independent Reformed Baptist Church based on the south coast of England in the town of Brighton. If you are listening in for the first time this morning, we extend a particularly warm welcome to you and we hope that you will be blessed by hearing God's word preached this morning. My name's Jerome. I'm a member of the church and we'll be introducing today. John Wood is going to be our speaker and John is the ex-pastor of Lansing Tabernacle. John will be preaching from Luke 1 and that wonderful portion of scripture where the shepherds have that encounter with the angels and then they go out and seek the Christ. And his sermon is going to be called, What Difference Does Looking Make? So we look forward to hearing from John a little bit later. I hope you had a good, peaceful and joyful Christmas. The build up to Christmas this year has certainly been a week of uh, many changes and much disappointment for many people. It's been a lot of upheaval and there have been further restrictions from seeing family, from seeing loved ones, from seeing friends. And I think it's fair to say for most of us, this has been a very different Christmas. We think particularly for those who have been lonely, um, isolated, um, particularly the elderly that haven't been able to get out and see family. This, this is likely to have been a really difficult time. And with that in mind, I think it's really helpful for us to focus on that which is unchanging, that that is dependable, that this is, that is solid and that that is eternal. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and our immutable God. An Old Testament prophet Malachi said, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. You may be feeling wearied, fearful, anxious or uncertain of the future, but there is comfort. There is wonderful comfort in our Saviour and in our God. Another Old Testament prophet, Isaiah, prophesied to the people of Judah around 700 years before the coming of Christ, and he said, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. There's no greater comfort than the wonderful Christmas message of Emmanuel, God with us the second person of the Trinity, the eternally pre-existent Christ, the one who is co-eternal, co-essential and co-equal with God has become enfleshed, incarnate and dwelled among his people and dwells among us by his spirit. We've heard a lot of late about social distancing. 
when our God has come as close as you can get. God with us, becoming dependent, a helpless babe, subject to our infirmities, our weaknesses and our limitations, but without sin. Let's hold these thoughts in mind as we sing our first song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Let's focus our hearts and our minds on our Saviour and bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, you are the forever blessed, infinite, eternal and unchanging God. We praise you for your greatness, your majesty, your holiness, your infinite worthiness as the one full of splendour, beauty, wisdom, light, power and glory. We've been affected by so many changes, so much uncertainty, things that are beyond our control. We can become fearful, O Lord. This reminds us of our finite creatureliness, our limitations. But Father, we remember that you are unchanging. You are the same yesterday, today and forevermore. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have entered into our world and you became a true man. And in doing so, not changing in your divine essence, but by taking to yourself human nature, you sympathise and understand with our weakness, our need, our frailty. And you bring full salvation to needy sinners. Oh Lord, please remember those, those among us who are suffering, those who are unwell, those who are lonely, those who feel mentally and spiritually low. Oh Lord, please remember with your tender mercies and care, would you grant those um, much comfort at this time? And thank you. We thank you so much that you came to save sinners like us, to save your people. We thank you for the good news of the incarnation and the gospel. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Oh Lord, may we this morning see that glory once again. And like the shepherds that we'll hear about in a moment, may we see salvation in this child that was born, in this Christ, our Saviour. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious and strong name. Amen. Our next song is From the Squalor of a Borrowed Stable. Scholar of a borrowed stable by the Spirit and the Virgin's faith to the anguish and the shame of scandal came the Saviour of the human race. But the skies were filled with the praise of Ham. Shepherds listen as the angels tell of the gift of.
again here to Calvary Church. I've been very pleased to uh, share with you during this year in different services and very privileged to be speaking on this last Sunday morning at the end of 2020. It'd be very nice to meet some of you um, in person at some point, maybe God willing in 2021. What a strange year 2020 has been characterised by uncertainty, fear, so many dark moments, so many challenging moments. In the last few days, uh, people have gathered together for their Christmas time. Uh, some had expected to, to travel some distance, spending five days with their family. That's been reduced to one. And people have wondered whether um, Christmas itself would be something that they could really enjoy and celebrate and enter into. Glenn Scrivener has said that Covid cannot cancel Christmas. It is the context for Christmas because here is where Christmas shines. It shines in the dark. It reminds me of Psalm 139 that tells us that even the darkness is not as dark to you. God has come into our world of darkness 
he has come and shone his light into the dark places so that we can see the truth, we can experience reality and freedom. What a joyful message that is as we come to this Christmas season. But as we do look back at the, the past year, it's important to reflect, are we wiser and deeper as a result? I thought for the day recently, the contributor spoke about opening up his brand new 2021 desk diary and placing it next to his 2020 desk diary. And he said that um, the 2020 desk diary was an itinerary of the crossed out, the cancelled and the postponed. We've all felt a little bit of that, haven't we? Plans that have been dashed, hopes and dreams that have been shattered. We've all experienced disappointment. We have all um, felt let down. We've all ask questions. Some of us have asked questions about what God's plans are. Maybe some of us even thought, is there a God in all of this chaos? Are you a wiser and deeper person as a result of the experiences of this year? The ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, the gut-wrenching disappointment and pain. Are you wiser? Are you deeper? Have you been changed by these things? At Christmas time, for the last 30 years or so, I've read a sermon with the title, What Difference Has Looking Made? It's a sermon preached by Francis Schaeffer in a book called Ash Heap Lives, and it's a sermon on the shepherds, and their response to the life-changing event of the angels coming to, to them and giving them the news of the coming of baby Jesus. And Schaefer thinks about, you know, what practical things would have changed in their lives after they had gone to see Jesus. Were they wiser? Were they deeper? In what way were they changed by the experience? We do know that they were convinced. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Luke's very interested in being convinced. Luke chapter 1 verses 1 to 4. Uh, tells us that Luke lays out his gospel with this intention, that we might be convinced of what we believe, we might be sure of what we believe. And what an important thing that is. Here we're told that the, the shepherds are convinced that what they have seen is exactly what the angels have said to them. They're not disappointed. They don't feel as though somehow uh, there's been a, an over-promise and an under-delivery. They have been promised something 
of great significance and they believe that having gone to see the baby Jesus that what they've been promised has indeed been delivered to them and to the world it it has a an impact on them and it will have an impact upon others they want to draw attention to this fact they are convinced now of course we need to remember that the the shepherds were ordinary working men they were men who like men in the 21st century are not easily convinced who are not perhaps natural contenders for being excited about God but here are these ordinary men truly excited about God and not only excited about him but talking about him one of the privileges over the last 20 years or so in Lansing is to see a number of men becoming Christians particularly men whose wives had been Christians for some time before their husbands were converted and it was interesting to see the transition men who kind of avoided the conversation about God who avoided coming to church or if they came to church um, surrounded themselves with strategies of avoidance and evasion suddenly being softened and opened to the reality of Jesus Christ what an exciting thing it was to to baptize some of those men and to hear their testimony to hear them suddenly talk about the Jesus they'd avoided for so long here are ordinary men ordinary shepherds who within their working day context have allowed space in their minds and their hearts to explore the possibility that God is at work in the world for many ordinary men the idea of God is an unusual thing as something between the the tooth fairy and the man on the moon not something that they particularly give much credence to not something that they leave very much room in their hearts or minds for just simply um, on the back burner at best we just don't want to go there we don't do religion we don't do God we don't do politics we just want to avoid those things but they are excited and um, we're told there in verse 15, uh, 14 and 15 uh, uh, because something has happened let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened there something has happened they're excited because of a space-time event the reality that something has happened now they don't have an awful lot to go on all they've been told by the angels is that they will see this sign verse 12 a baby wrapped in cloths laying in a manger it's a very unusual sign there would have been babies born probably around about the time that Jesus was born in Bethlehem but none of them would have been wrapped in cloths and laid in a manger it was an unusual circumstance just imagine um, in the car park of Worthing or Brighton Hospital uh, a pig trough with straw in it and instead of a baby being born in the maternity ward being born in a car park and laid in a trough 
And that would certainly get the attention of the Brighton Argus. It would certainly get the attention of the local news. It would be very unusual, and it was an unusual sign. But it wasn't, it wasn't much, was it? Um, it wasn't uh, an indication that this this Jesus was was somehow special. There was no kind of evidence there that he was going to become the person that he would become. Uh, there, there was no feel for the amazing teaching that he was going to give. There was no feel for the astonishing miracles that he performed. There was no understanding of the perfect character that he displayed or the amazing act of self-sacrifice of him dying upon the cross. There was no inkling as they looked at that baby in the manger of the triumph over the tomb when Jesus was raised from the dead. Just a baby wrapped in cloths, laying in a manger. An unusual sign, yet a sign. You know, sometimes when uh, people point uh, into the distance when they're walking their dog, they point for the dog to perhaps go and fetch a stick. The dog will not look at the stick, but look at the finger. They look at the finger that's pointing to the stick. And sometimes, you know, we, we have a finger in scripture pointing to something and we, we, we don't notice what it's pointing to. We, we just look at the finger and we can kind of get a little bit absorbed by the, the details of the Christmas story that we forget to see the Jesus at the heart of the Christmas story. It's interesting that in Luke, um, we read in, in Luke 53, uh, 23 verse 53 rather, that then he took it down, the body of Jesus, and wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb, cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It's interesting how the language of the end of Luke mirrors the language of Luke chapter 2. It's almost as if Luke is saying, that baby laying in the manger wrapped in cloths is the same one who now is being laid in a tomb, the tomb from which he will rise triumphant. Almost as if Luke is saying um, the same simplicity, the same apparently ambiguous sign of ordinariness is being displayed to show how extraordinary this person is. An ordinary sign, rough cloth, baby in a, in a manger, is the sign that says, here is something really significant for you, shepherds. Here is something that is truly life-changing, breathtaking. Let's go, they say. Let's go and see this something which has happened, this space-time event that is going to change us and change the world. Let's go. C.S. Lewis said that once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world. And that's right, isn't it? It's right. The stable in Bethlehem had within it something that was bigger than the whole world. And within that, in that manger, the baby wrapped in cloths, there was a gift that was greater than any gift that has come into our world, a person 
greater than any person who come into the world. Jesus was being born. Today, in the city of David, a saviour has been born, who is Christ the Lord. Don't be afraid, for this one has been born to you. Something very, very special indeed. So we read that they are convinced, and then we read that they are um, communicating something of great importance. Luke doesn't record the conversation between Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Um, one assumes that they didn't just barge in and take a look like people wandering around a National Trust property and then just file out without saying a word. One assumes that something was said or maybe it was one of those moments where nothing needed to be said. That the atmosphere of God being at work in the world, God being at work in Mary and Joseph and in the shepherds was just so obvious that there was no need for explanation. Just simply a knowing nod. Yes, yes, we know. We know that something special is happening here. Maybe just an old wonder in the presence of the living God. I remember one of the first meetings I went to when I became a Christian was a meeting addressed by a man called Geoffrey Bull, who was a missionary in Tibet in the middle of the 20th century. And he was talking about his experiences of being imprisoned by the Chinese invaders um, in Tibet in 1950. And he, he talks about being, being taken um, with, a, with a group of people and horses um, across the mountains on the 24th of December, 1950. And they arrived in a mountain village at 4.30 in the afternoon. And he had the responsibility of looking after the horses. But first, um, he was taken to the room where he was going to stay. And unusually, he said, the room was beautifully swept clean. It was a warm and clean room where he was going to sleep. And he, he rested for a while after the, after the busy journey. But then um, when it got dark, he had to go down and look after the horses for a while, make sure that they were safe and, and well and that they'd been well fed. And he went down and he said that he stepped into the the dark stable and the the muck in the stable uh, squelched under his uh, Wellington boots and he did the things that he needed to do for the horses um, and was thinking that he would very much like to return to that warm dry room in that Tibetan house and then he remembered what day it was he remembered it was Christmas Eve and he thought to himself, well, that first Christmas Eve, my Saviour was born in this place like this. My Saviour came from heaven to earth to save me. He was born in a place like this. I returned to my clean, warm room, very thankful. I bowed in thankfulness because... He had come. 
And that's what the shepherds communicated. They communicated that Jesus had come. When they had seen him, they spread the word about concerning what had been told them about this child. Verse 17. And all who heard it were amazed. The shepherds were the first evangelists. It's a remarkable thing. Um, remarkable because uh, shepherds were not um, allowed to be witnesses in court, apparently, yet they are witnesses concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus into the world. They had no status. They had no obvious ability as public speakers, and yet they do tell the news about Jesus. They spontaneously tell this news to the people that they meet on their way and on their way back from seeing Jesus. Spontaneously. When something happens to us, when the gospel has an impact upon us, when Jesus suddenly becomes very real in our experience, we can't help telling people about that. There's a certain spontaneity about it. What's up with you then? What are you smiling about? What's so different about you? Jesus is different about me. These shepherds were the first ones who were able to say, we have seen Jesus. We've felt the impact of Jesus in our lives. We know that what God says is true. And we now know that from now on, everything is going to be different. The people were amazed and perhaps for some of them that meant that they thought the shepherds were just saying blah 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 blah. Um, they were puzzled by, by what was said. But some of them must have been just truly intrigued. Wow! We don't normally hear these kind of things from these kinds of men. The fact that these men are talking about this points to the reality that within that crib that they're talking about um, is the most explosive truth in the whole world. That that baby lying there in the crib is truly the king of the world and might be the king of our lives. The shepherds communicated the news. Now this year, um, one of the best bits of news was the news that a vaccine had been discovered. In fact, a number of vaccines had been discovered and that they um, showed a, a particular efficacy that their, um, their strike rate in terms of um, helping people was extremely high for a vaccine. That was remarkably good news. But every year, the most remarkable good news is that Jesus Christ has come into the world. A vaccine might keep us safe for a year or so. It might fend off death for a while, but we will all die. Jesus Christ has come to live and to die and to rise so that we might live not for another year, but live forever live forever in fellowship with him 
with his joy, with his peace, with newfound hope in Christ. And finally, we, we see that the, the shepherds um, returned celebrating. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. One of the remarkable things about Luke chapter 1 and 2 is how many songs and prayers are recorded. The Holy Spirit at work within the main characters in these first two chapters in Luke's Gospel seems to prompt um, a great tsunami of praise to God. It's almost like going through the, um, the set of Hamilton the Musical or Oklahoma or Mamma Mia. Suddenly people burst out into song. Suddenly people are um, exclaiming the praises of God. Angels, men, women, priests in the temple, shepherds on the hillside. It's remarkable that, uh, that they are able to celebrate in this way because they've got something to celebrate. It's not much ado about nothing. This is the real deal. They rejoice because God has been at work. And that's what we see in scripture. We see that when God is at work, God's people sing. Exodus 14, 15, Deuteronomy 32, Judges 5, the book of Psalms, the book of Isaiah, the book of Revelation. When we see God at work, when we see the reality of God in our experience, God's people sing his praises. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Were they wiser? Were they deeper as a result of seeing? Well, I think so. They were different people. They returned to their hillside. We returned to our offices, our classrooms, our neighbourhoods, our homes. Are we wiser, deeper? Are we different as a result of thinking about who Jesus is and thinking about his reality in our lives? Today, they'd been told, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's why they celebrated. Here is a message for real people in real places, in real time. Uh, the shepherds realised that they were part of the story. They had a part in the story of God. They were the kind of people that Jesus came to save. Today, for you. Today, for you. Yes, what Jesus has come to bring is available today for you. You can experience his truth, his love, his forgiveness, his promise of new life, his promise that his love will drive away your fear. God penetrates the defensive armour of our world. 
by sending his son as a baby into the world. Sending him not to the well-connected and established, but sending him to the ordinary, the shepherd. It's a, an indication that you don't need to be particularly qualified to become a Christian. All you need to do is come to Jesus Christ, trust in him and receive his gift like these men did. What difference did looking make? Well, it made all the difference in the world. It made a difference to the way that they thought about life. The gospel is only good news if it is true news. And the thing that these men were particularly excited about was that what they had been told was true. They'd seen with their own eyes what the angels had announced. This is true. We can declare that the message is true. They were confident in passing on the message of Jesus because they were convinced that it was true. They had evidence um, that brought the verdict that God is true and this message is truly good news. They were different in their feelings, their religious affections. Verse 20 is a description of the heart set free, a heart set free to worship, a heart set free to centre, not upon our desires, but the desire of God, a focus upon him rather than a focus upon ourselves, focus upon, focus upon him as the centre of everything rather than seeing ourselves as the centre of the universe, acting differently. Francis Schaeffer, in his sermon, imagines what might happen if one of these shepherds suddenly meets uh, another person, perhaps someone who um, he's not had a good relationship with, who perhaps begins to um, curse and ridicule him for the faith that he now declares. In the old days, the shepherd might well have used his fist to settle the argument. But maybe now there are other options. The one who has seen the creator enter his world as a baby suddenly realises that things can be accomplished not by power and status, but by gentleness, grace. That a quiet answer can turn away wrath. Because these shepherds had seen God's quiet, gentle answer, Jesus. And Jesus has come in order to turn away the wrath of God against us and turn away our wrath and indifference towards God. Jesus, the whisper, the baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Is God's power expressed in weakness? God's rule expressed in gentleness? The one who has come 
to conquer our souls by his tenderness and his sacrifice for us upon the cross. Sometimes someone comes into your life so unexpectedly, takes your heart by surprise and changes your life forever. That's what happened to the shepherds. What about you? Could Christmas 2020, at the end of this horrendous year, be the moment where you see Jesus slip gently into your life by his grace? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and thank you for the reality that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour. We thank you that he is born into our world, that we might see your truth, your love, your saving purpose, that we might have hope in a world that seems so often very hopeless. Help us, Father, to take these realities on board. Help us, we pray, those who know Jesus, to be wiser and deeper because we know him, wiser and deeper in our responses to the changing circumstances of life. Father God, we know that many listening today will have burdens from this past year and fears for the coming year. Father God, we think of the message of the angels to the shepherds, do not fear. Oh Father, we pray that you would calm the fears of those who are gathered here today. And Father God, we would pray too that the attention of all of us will be drawn to the one born that day in Bethlehem. We pray that we might by faith see him as the Saviour born for us and that today we might respond to him. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive a King. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, as heaven and nature sing, as heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Saviour reigns, your sweetest songs employ While fields and streams and hills and plains Repeat the sounding joy Repeat the sounding joy Repeat, repeat the sounding joy 
no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, where Eden's curse is found, where Eden's curse is found, where Wonders, wonders of His love.